Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann. Behind the Herald Headlines today with Darren Mann, looking at a story which is gaining traction on social media. An alcohol video recently landed a Kabecha High School and their pupils in hot water. Girls as young as 15 were seen drinking on school premises with one allegedly smoking ganja. Anecdotal evidence would have it that these incidents are becoming more frequent. Anecdotal evidence would also have it that the learners involved are becoming younger and younger. Is that the case? We thought we'd reach out to Kabecha psychologist Wesley Q. He joins us today. Thanks for your time, Wesley. In your professional experience, are these incidents becoming more frequent? Are those involved becoming younger? Yeah, good morning, Darren, and uh, good morning to your listeners. You know, alcohol is a very interesting uh, thing. Um, a lot of uh, more pertinent research is actually coming out, and that's uh, they're calling it the, the beer before bread. And we're actually finding a lot of um, agricultural or architectural sites dating back thousands of years that highlight that uh, one of the reasons human beings actually settled down was because there were certain crops around that they could actually make beer from. So it used through uh, ritualistic purposes, um, you know, getting together. And it, it's become, you know, quite a big part of, of South African culture as well as many cultures around the world. You know, South Africa has uh, quite a interesting uh, connection with alcohol you know there's a, a prefer, professor perry who actually highlighted that um, you know, during apartheid years uh, many subsections and cultures weren't actually allowed access to alcohol so people would engage with uh, speakeasies and things like that so drinking you know almost was seen as defiance uh, of the, you know some of the apartheid laws so it's, it's something that runs quite deeply within our culture. You know, there's also what they call the, the DOP system where um, people were paid in alcohol, and so which has now been, um, you know, abolished. But, you know, it, it's, it's quite a deeply entrenched uh, system um, within our cultures. Then if we go as far as is it becoming more prevalent? Well, you know, there's quite a glorification of, of substances, you know, alcohol, um, as well as marijuana, um, and either and, and other drugs as well through pop culture, Hollywood, um, social media. So we also see a, a massive increase in engagement with social media. So what we see, we, we tend to do. So is it on the increase? Well, a lot of Anecdotal evidence, as you said, would highlight that it is becoming more and more prevalent amongst our youth. Wesley, why is it that some youth are more susceptible to it than others? Because not all youth indulge. What are the factors at play there? Does it start at the home? What's your experience? Well, so we've got a lot of research to highlight that. So teens tend to distance themselves from their, their parental home or, or group and form a closer attachment with their peers. Now, sorry for the jargon, but there's a thing called persecutory annihilation anxiety. And that alludes to an infant knows on some level that it does, if it doesn't maintain this connection with mom and dad, there is an impending doom that will happen. They won't survive on their own. Now, as we grow a bit older and we become teens, you know, the ability to... Um, 
survive on your own is also akin to this separation that we have to experience as an infant. And to a certain extent, these teenagers also understand that if they don't form an attachment with the group, they will be shipped you know, push to the side. And, and that's basically akin to a, a type of, of, of death. So when these teenagers begin to attach more closely to their peer group, we also know that there are certain risk factors, you know, things like, you know, youth with a difficult temperament, um, having maybe cold and unresponsive um, female figures, um, and then there's also, you know, modeling of the parental substance use. Um, but a quick side note on having a cold and unresponsive uh, mothering figure. You know, there was a, a study done with um, the Fortune or the top Fortune 500 um, uh, people, and they were looking for a common denominator amongst all highly successful individuals. And the one common denominator that they found is that every one of them had a strong uh, female figure in their lives. So it's quite interesting that we see that uh, success is related to having, you know, just that one person who creates this, um, you know, safe space for us, a person that allows us to, to show a vulnerability. You know, in, in psychology, we'll often call it a, a libidinal refueling meaning that when you go and connect with that someone, you, you can draw energy from them. You can draw that sense of everything is going to be okay and that, you know, it, I don't need the world as much as long as I have this connection with you. Is there a danger that left unchecked, things can spiral out of control even further? Today, alcohol, tomorrow, marijuana, weapons the day after. Well, yeah, of course, it's, you know... So, you know, you're talking about spiraling. There was a very interesting study done by Dr. Bruce Alexander. So, you know, you might be familiar with, uh, you know, if you put rats into a cage and you give them an option between, um, you know, water and drugs, they'll do so many drugs, they'll eventually die. Well, Bruce Alexander went and thought, okay, it's interesting that these rats were kept in a cage with two options, like food or drugs. Wow. They clearly chose the drugs. But then he designed what's called the rat park. And in this rat park, there were treadmills, there were toys to play with, there were nature-like environments. And what we found is these rats started thriving. Yes, every now and then, they would go and get a little hit of the substance, but they would otherwise absolutely thrive in the societal paradise. Now, we could draw similes to this. What is the environment that these children are engaging with? What is the home environment like? What is their societal environment like? What is the school environment like? And then we have to go into the digital space. What is their digital environment like? You know, what are they engaging with consistently? Is it the sense of, you know, young money, ballers. Oh, I was at the gym the other day and I heard this song. How does it go? The bigger your bill, the harder you ball. And I was like, wow. You know, <laughs> I, I get the premise, but is that really the narrative that we are sort of force feeding 
you know, individuals to believe. And, and then you start looking at, at pop culture, you know, that's the narrative. And I always love those pictures of they compared Jay-Z to a 21-year-old with all these chains and bling and whatever. Now Jay-Z's worth like $2 billion and he's wearing like a black shirt with no showing off. And it's, you know, it, it's really such a disparity. But anyway, coming back to it, you know, I often believe that, you know, people in general tend to be a symptom of their environment. So instead of looking at these children as the problem, we've got to ask ourselves, what are they modeling? Where are they seeing this behavior? And, and you know, what, what we can do about that is, is really looking at, at the, the point of departure, which is their influence. What about the lack of a male role model? You referred to a strong female role model earlier. And sadly, in many parts of society worldwide, dad isn't around. And the lack of a nurturing male role model means that they look up to the rap stars, the gangsters, the criminals in the community. Is that a factor? Uh, yeah, there is you know, quite a bit of research on that as well. You know, substitutes have to be found. And, you know, one of the things that people underestimate about, you know, peer groups or, or even gangs um, or even a sports affiliation is that you really do find this uh, acceptance. You, you find this um, engagement with someone that teaches you how to be, how, how to give more how to be, I want to use the word more, harder, but you, you, you find a group that will take care of you as a father figure would. And within that, we find safety. You know, another thing about these uh, social groups where we engage with, with substance use, we find that there's an acceptance of, of who we are. There's a sharing of pain. And when you become part of these communities, it's almost as if your difficulties dissolve into the group difficulties and you can then be accepted into this, we suffer together and that's our strength. And it's a very interesting design because that becomes a self-perpetuating problem. So you get further entrenched in it and eventually you don't see an identity and you just accept that your identity is now the group. Turning the focus back onto the school in question and the video, I'm told, attracted more than 50,000 views. I think it has been taken off Facebook subsequently. But what do you say to the parents, the teachers at the school, and also the parents of other scholars, learners, who are very concerned about the effect this is going to have on their children who aren't necessarily involved? Because you'd expect the school to be a safe place. Yes, we would historically expect the school to be a safe place. However... You know, let's look at again. What is the what is the school supposed to do, and and what are schools doing today? You know, it's <laughs> I don't want to get into too much trouble with the way I say it, but at the end of the day, there has to be a responsibility from the parental groups. You know, schools were never designed to be a place to parent children. They were supposed to be a place of learning and an education. And yes, there was a measure of discipline that was required to keep children in line. However, these days, the ability to discipline children at school has become 
ever more challenging. So if parents really want to engage and, and find ways to solve this, spend some time with your child. You know, parents have, there's so many pressures today, you know, financially, um, you know, at work, societally, et cetera, et cetera, that very often the biggest, you know, loser is the time that parents get to spend with their child, you know, just in relaxing and, and creating a space to find out what is actually happening with the child. You know, it doesn't matter what kind of environment a child might be experiencing from the parent's perspective. The child might have a vastly different experience. They might feel that mom or dad is spending more time with the brother or sister or they need more time with their friends and they don't feel accepted. So therefore, you know, they are going to turn to a substance that gives them this sense of feeling everything's okay. So it, it really does come down to, to the, the, the parents finding out who their children are and also taking a hard look at what are they modeling for their children. You know, so often, you know, people will come home like, oh, I've just had such a hard day or whatever. I just, I just want a glass of wine or a beer and relax. Or, you know, just I want to have my coffee and my cigarette in the morning first before I'm ready for the day. You know, you say that enough times to someone, the child just goes, oh, okay, cool. So I need a coffee and cigarette before I start the day, you know, or yes, you know, life's just so stressful. I'm just going to hit my joint and I'm just going to relax, you know, because then the world makes sense. And the scary part is what we're doing is we actually imbue these substances with the, the things that we, we crave and then therefore become our own substitute or our own libidinal refueling. And, and that also becomes a dangerous setting because we then put our ability to cope outside of us. And, and this is what we find with, people that are quite successful, they have quite a strong internal locus of control. And that's what I implore parents to do, is help your child find the resources they have inside of them. Help them build resilience. And, and one of the thing, ways to do that is to help our children go through difficult times. You know, parents are often reluctant to share their vulnerabilities, how they struggle, what they did to cope. And, you know, that's something, again, something like a stuck record here, but parents need to spend more time with their children. Well, it's a complex issue um, and it involves many, many factors. We really appreciate the professional view that you've shared with us today, Wesley. Hopefully it won't be too long before we catch up again. Appreciate you joining us. He's a psychologist from Klebecha. Wesley Q, thank you. Have a good day. Awesome. Thank you very much. Have a great day, Darren. Behind the Herald headlines now, catching up with the opinion from the Education Department in the Eastern Cape. It's all to do with the brazen behaviour of girls from St Thomas Senior Secondary School in Gelbendale. A video surfaced on social media this past week showing girls aged between 15 and 18 drinking at school. One of them is also seen to be smoking what appears to be a joint. Eastern Cape Education Department spokesperson Malibongwe Mtima joins us today on Behind the Herald Headlines. Uh, good morning, uh, Darren. Uh, good morning to your listeners. Listen, man, uh, this is a thorny issue, uh, a thorny issue that we never anticipated. Um, I want to start with a different one to say 
Uh, school is a, is a three-legged pot. We put it that way. Uh, it's the parent, it's the learner, and it's the department plus the, the educators. Once any one of those legs is seems to be uh, is found limping, alternative, or in fact, uh, issues like this will, will emerge. Um, because uh, in most cases, uh, the, um, the behavior of kids change when they do not have, um, when parents do not have total control, number one, due to, due to peer pressure, two, three. Some of these learners do not have a strong background, hence they will fall prey on those things. Uh, that is why we'll say on instances like those, we call upon parents uh, to work with us so that we can approve this thing. Because uh, as, a, as a state government or as, as part of the, the government, we have access to the police uh, whom we, we may use to, to deal with this thing at school. But remember, school premises, uh, you don't find shippings there. You don't find uh, people that are selling cigarettes, no, no, the joint. So it's, it's coming from the community. That is why we're saying community members parents must make sure that they look after their kids, they search their bags. When they see uh, behaviors that are alien, they must quickly act because it may be the, uh, that the child is, is using these. Mali, it seems to be that these incidents are becoming more frequent and that the learners involved in these incidents are becoming a little younger. Is that your reading of it as well? Yes, it's worrying. Look, even if you can, you can check um, the, the, uh, this. This is not a, a separate incident. Remember, there, there was just an incident of thirteen-year kids from a newborn that were found to be drunk. It's it, that that is an that is something that is, or a blueprint that is telling you that something is wrong from the home. Because how do you allow a child uh, younger to 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 freely to freely roam? Even in that case, how do you, as a as a parent? You've got an obligation. It's not a right. You've got an obligation to ensure that now and then you check your child's uh, books. You check your, your the, 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 the bag that is carrying the books. There could be a gun or a knife there. What will happen? So that's why parents must play an active role so that at least we can we are able to nab it from where it begins, the communities. Then at school, um, we, we it's going to be easy for us because we've got programs, for instance, drug, uh, uh, the, the, the program against drug abuse, the program against teenage pregnancy, and a program uh, for school safety where we're looking at the overall things. We've got uh, things like a search and seizure when we, when we as educators and, 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 and SGP pick up that the child is having an alien behavior and we associate it with, we call the parent, we give the parent an indemnity form to allow us to search and seize whatever is in the kids. And uh, I'll be honest with you, recently, uh, the, the, the age is getting, like you are saying, it's getting younger. Because even in Berlin High, we're in Berlin High uh, recently, I think about a week or so ago, we found kids there very young with, with, with marijuana. And and, 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 and and cigarettes, it's it's an indication that homes or parents uh, are not really strong in that. They must uh, come through very strong so that they, we can assist them. Because at school, we should be getting kids that, in fact, you, uh, Mr. Man, should be dropping your own child at the gate of the school. If you are dropping your child at the gate of the school, it means the child brought the thingy from home. Mali, from the department's point of view, I mean, you have a responsibility to support the principal and the teachers at the school in question. You also have a responsibility to, to parents of children who are not involved to make sure that they don't fall prey to it and that, you know, it doesn't spiral out of control. What are you doing from the department's point of view? It's, it's a matter of great concern. For starters, we've got a, a, an MOU with the, with, with the police. 
Um, like I said to you recently, I mean, just, just now, I said, we've got a program that is called uh, drug-free uh, or ensuring that kids are drug-free, where we test them, uh, we use their urine, we, uh, we, we, we search them. Uh, when, uh, they, when, when, we, we, when kids show these alien behaviors, we call the police, we send the, the indemnity form to the parent, uh, we, spoke, we speak to the police, then they'll come and uh, we'll search and seizure. But apart from that, we've got educational programs where we talk to them. Uh, for instance, uh, two weeks from now, we're having a boys in the harbor in, in, um, in, uh, in Tsitsa, where we're talking to them, telling them that because you are a man, you're not supposed, whether you're, because you're a boy on end or a man, you're not supposed to be violent. You're not supposed to be using drugs. You're supposed to be exemplary. You're going, you're going to be a father next time. You, you must be a responsible citizen from now. That's the first one. Apart from that, we also have um, a working relations with social development. Should we pick up that your child um, is into drugs and you, con you, you, you work with us, we can refer the child to social development who in turn will take the child to a rehab. So it, we have um, various programs that are meant to ensure that we change the behavior of the child. But like I said, a child with no solid background, because remember, you as a father, a role model to the child, you must, you must therefore present an exemplary uh, behavior so that the child can copy from you. Because if you are using a drug as a, as a parent, automatically the child will learn from you and do the drugs. That's number one. Number two, if uh, the parents are not, are not uh, actively involved in the, life of the, in the lives of the kids, then it means we're having a, a ticking time bomb because one day that child will, 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 be, uh, will be selling drugs in their school because parents do not even participate in what the child is doing. That's why I was saying, the child, I mean, the parent must be involved. That's number two. And number three, uh, apart from the programs and that, that we're doing, uh, we also have um, other uh, social partners like your NGOs that we're working with that normally come to us and work with us to ensure that uh, they, they help school. Uh, despite all those, social development in their society uh, is responsible for this because um, they have a responsibility or an obligation to ensure that kids are, are, are told what 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 uh, what what is the impact of drugs, why they must not use drugs from the society now, not from school, from society. So social development comes in there, and we've been working with them, like the likes of, of the national department and the provincial department, to ensure that we approve these things and we help parents when necessary. But the most critical thing, despite the programs of the department and everything, is the involvement of the parent. Yeah, there is definitely big, big responsibility on the parents. Can I ask, in the specific incident of St. Thomas, which we were talking about earlier, where does this go to in terms of a disciplinary hearing? What sort of consequences are there for the learners that are involved in that particular incident? And then, in general, how does the process play itself out? Look, I'll, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you uh, two general uh, responses. I won't, I won't be as, as, as specific as you want me to, because if 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 I become specific, then it means uh, I will be prejudging the kid before an, a, a verdict comes out. So um, normally, um, the Southern Schools Act states that if a child who is in a school endangers others. Then we must talk to the parent and find a capable way of ensuring that that child who is endangering others is, uh, like, like I said, is maybe transferred or channeled through the rehabs. Because remember, there are other kids that are there through the gang. Because this, it, it does not only end with the smoking or with the drinking of the uh, alcohol. These also lead to gangs. That gang may, may harm a child who is not a member of them. So we normally make sure that we we... we um, should such thing happen, 
we quickly call the parent, uh, we, we, we hold meetings and we refer them to counseling and ultimately uh, to rehabs when they, we see that this has been, uh, or this is deeper than we thought. We refer them to, to rehab because the, the counseling will, will give us an indication of what is happening. Then if it's deeper, we refer them to social development, we'll take them to rehab. Of course, with the parent holding hand with us from the word go. So uh, it's it's a variety, but we do. They, 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 if he is posing danger, we refer the child because we cannot uh, compromise the safety of others. Number two, um, normally instances like these, they 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 require um, a joint intervention uh, of parents. Uh, department or and or state um, institutions that help this because no we we, we do not want uh, to create a um, um, a haven for, for 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 drug addicts at school one at the same time we do not want to dump these youngsters at a, at a tender age such that they become drug lords that is why we refer them so that um, instead of allowing the child to, to go home and then that's it from our side no no. We want the child, maybe the child is going to be a president tomorrow or going to be a, 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 a Mr. Darren tomorrow. Then we must refer them to a rehab that will make sure that it brings back the, the necessary behavior that is uh, required from a child of his, uh, of his age or her age. Right, so joint intervention is required for the drug problem. It's been a pleasure having you on Behind the Herald Headlines today. Eastern Cape Education Department spokesperson Malibongwe Mtimo. The eyes of the community are on you, Malibongwe. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome, sir. Good morning to you and your listeners. That was today's edition of Behind the Herald Headlines with Darren Mann.